You're listening to a podcast from 702. Welcome to the third and final hour of the Clement Maniatella show. Great to have you uh, still with us here on 702. Let's get into our Family Matters feature. 702. Family Matters. Today, I want us to explore family planning, right? Uh, and group therapy. And I wonder if you've tried it before. How did it work for you and your family? Uh, family relationships are very important to our physical, to our mental health, whether it's family through blood, uh, through marriage, through adoption. And there are families that carry intergenerational trauma, right? And you know how fixed and redundant patterns are notoriously hard um, to change, right? Family therapy uh, can be a potential solution, right, to the frustrating and sometimes even toxic patterns in the family, whether it's the stress, it's the anger, or maybe it's grief. It's a kind of therapy that may be helpful in situations that affect family relationships and dynamics, whether it's for couples or it could be for children, you know, members of an extended family. Um, maybe you're working through conflicts as a family. You want to build a stronger relationship, improve communication, you know, you want to manage, you know, conflicts within the family system. This is, this is something you can explore. And I want you to tell me if you've tried family therapy before, right? Give me a call on 011-883-0702 to share your experience. Maybe it worked for you. Maybe it didn't work for you. You can tell me why. The WhatsApp line is 0727021702. Is your family perhaps weathering a difficult crisis right now, right? Looking to build healthier interactions. Uh, please share your experiences with us. Now, Jeannie Cave is a clinical psychologist who's going to guide us through this important conversation, conversations, and I'll be taking um, those experiences on the WhatsApp line and calls as we go along. Uh, along. Jeannie, thank you so much for, for making time. Good morning. Thank you so much. Hi, Clemens. Hi, everybody. It's so nice to be here again. Uh, let's first start by maybe explaining what, when we talk about you know, the concept of family and even family therapy, what are we talking about? Okay, so um, family therapy actually started gaining a lot of popularity in the 1960s and 70s um, when we started to realize that people can't be understood in isolation. Um, people can't be understood as individuals. People have to be understood in the family systems, in their relationships in which they occur. Trying to understand somebody without understanding their relationships is like trying to know if somebody's appropriately dressed without knowing where they're going. So in the 1960s and 70s, there was a very strong movement towards family therapy, which is when more than one person in a family system attends the therapy session. And I think that, you know, there are different schools of thoughts and different um, approaches to therapy, but with costs of therapy and the breakdown of the family system, individual therapy gained more popularity and family therapy started to fall by the wayside. Um, but we're seeing a re-emergence now of the popularity of family therapy where people are realizing how valuable it can be to work simultaneously with more than one person in the room at the time. I always do say, however, that individual therapy is actually an illusion. Everything is family therapy. Sometimes you've got one person in the family and that's what we think of as individual therapy, but we're always working on family stuff no matter who's in the room, but it can be very helpful and very beneficial for more than one member of the family to be in the room when the therapy is taking place. So when do you know it's time to see a therapist as a family? Because there are some people 
who may try individual therapy and that's still very valuable and 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 the fact that you go to family therapy doesn't mean you've got to abandon that part but at what point do you say okay it's time for us to go as a family okay so i think that you know when when is it time to get therapy in general is when you've already tried everything that you know and you're still not getting the solution that you want so you've got a problem, you've tried every, every possible strategy that you know and you're not getting to a solution, and that is when you go to therapy. So somebody asked me, when do people come to therapy? I say where there is a mismatch between what they've tried and what it is that they're trying to achieve. And when you're working individually, you can still change the outcome of a family system because you're changing the ingredients that you're bringing to the party. If you think of the outcome like the cake, if you change the ingredients you bring to the cake-making party, you can change the cake. But when you want to work in family therapy, it can be very helpful if a family is realizing that the solutions that they're trying as a family to resolve this item or resolve this issue or resolve this recurrence of this pattern isn't working and everybody in the family is on board with trying to understand their role in why this is repeating, why this isn't changing and willing to try it differently, then they can go for family therapy. Yeah. How do you, so before you go, Jenny, what are the boxes to tick? Um, I know sometimes it may be Clement who feels, okay, as a family, we need to go and, and maybe his brother or, or maybe his dad or, or mom doesn't think uh, that's a good idea. In other words, can you force the family, so to speak, even though it's not so overtly, to go to therapy? Um, and, and, and how do you ensure that they genuinely participate in that therapy even though they don't really want to take part so what i'm asking is for it to work does it need the buy-in of all the family members who are participating well all psychotherapy depends every time it's kind of psychotherapy but especially family therapy depends on three conditions the therapy cannot work unless these three conditions are met the first condition is consent so there has to be consent so people can feel resistant or feel not sure but they need to consent. So they can't be there under coercion. They need to be giving their informed, meaningful choice to consent. There can't be a coercion or an ultimatum. That won't work. But let's say mum is completely out of her frame of reference and she's a little bit apprehensive. She's not sure, but she's willing to do it. And there hasn't been any coercion. So there has to be consent, not coercion. There has to be communication. So obviously there has to be a shared language between the therapist and the family members. So if mom doesn't speak any English, you can't take her to a, non, a, a psychologist that doesn't speak her language. So mm-hmm. you have to be able to communicate. And then the last condition for any psychotherapy, but incredibly important in family therapy, is freedom from fear. So there can't be this idea that we are going to bring you now. We can't deal with you anymore. We're going to bring you to family therapy and expose you to, to this therapist and so that you will change and that we are going to reject you or there's some kind of horrible consequence. So there has to be freedom from fear. So each person has to understand that we are all going because we are all participating in this pattern. And the quickest way for us to change this pattern is for all of us to change what we are contributing to this pattern, but that no one particular person is to blame. The person that we usually like to blame is what we call in family therapy the identified patient, and that's the one that carries the symptom for this problematic pattern in the family. And they're the one that's usually got the drinking problem or the substance abuse problem or the cutting problem or the depression problem, whatever it is. And family therapy can't be an aid of making this person change. Family therapy has to be so that we can change the family dynamics so that this person doesn't have to carry the symptom for the family system anymore. Yeah. 
Yo, and is it best to, so if I'm the one that's suggesting it to my family, is it best to take them to my therapist? Uh, you know, I've often heard that even when you do couples therapy, when you both of you have individual therapists, you know, don't take each other to either one, you know, because the other person may feel, oh, they're ganging up on me. And I'm just wondering if the same applies when you're dealing with family therapy. Is it best to get someone who's neutral that nobody else has interacted with? Or if I already have a therapist, can I just bring everybody uh, to the next session? So I think it really depends and it's something that you have to work through with your therapist. So um, sometimes if I if I can anticipate that my my client's family or, or partner might perceive me to be biased in my client's favor, then I'll suggest that they see a new therapist and I'll make a recommendation. Um, but let's say sometimes they really, the family sees, okay, you know, this, this person, Johnny, has really made a lot of progress in his time with Jeannie. We trust Jeannie, so we're going to all go to Jeannie. So it really depends on the interactional style and the context and the presenting complaint of what's happening in the family system. But if you've got an individual therapist, and some therapists won't work systemically, um, so some therapists will not see family members, but if you've got a therapist that works systemically that be, would be willing to see your family also, discuss with them the pros and cons. Sometimes a family member, let's say my client, is always giving their family the very best of everything that they have and they never keep anything for themselves, then that's a client that I'll say, no, I don't think it's a good idea I see your family. You need the safe space. And yeah. I'll refer them to to a colleague. Yeah. So it really depends. And it's something that you have to work through with your therapist. Yeah. Um, but sometimes if you do anticipate that your family is going to say, oh, well, the therapist is just going to take your side, then it is better to see a new therapist. But if the family already has some credibility and trust built up with the therapist, then they can see your existing therapist if that therapist works interactionally and systemically. Yeah. I mentioned earlier some of the reasons, and maybe you can give us some more Jeannie, uh, because I see that there is one listener who's asking, what are the kind of issues that they can take their family to, to you know, family therapy for? So I, I mentioned, I think I mentioned, you know, conflict in the family. I've mentioned that maybe you want to build, you know, stronger relationship. You know, what are some of the things that family therapists can help with? Well, usually what family therapy, if you're going to put it in a nutshell, family therapy is really to support the family through the changing dynamics of the developmental needs of the family life cycle. So one of the things that makes it very challenging for a family is that a family needs to, to persist in its identity as a family in the face of a lot of changes, both externally from society of this is how we do things now and internally as each person matures and starts to develop and becomes more independent. So a lot of the time what families are dealing with is actually the changing roles of the family members as people mature, become more independent, move away from their family of origin, get in-laws, get married, get all of those things, even teenagers starting to have closer relationships with their peers. So it's really all of the conflict, the frustration, the difficulties that arise from families struggling to accommodate to the changing developmental needs of each member. Mm. I want us to to take uh, some calls now on 011-883-0702. You can send me your WhatsApps on 072-702-1702. Have you tried family therapy? Have you tried group therapy before? And what have you? What were you dealing with uh, with your family at the time? Maybe you've suggested it, 
and you know some of the family members felt no this is not for me maybe it's worked for you and even if it didn't work for you i'd like to hear what is it that didn't work with with that kind of 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 family therapy let's go to mary in the pretoria how's it mary good morning um good morning Clement. yeah um um i have been separated about six years ago and going through the whole divorce process um suddenly the, the children we have two boys um mm. started spending 60 percent of their time with him and 50 percent with me and the one started developing behavior problems the other one was sick all the time I was in individual therapy, but my therapist recommended that we go for um, family therapy with another therapist. So how that worked um, in the end is that um, we have two sons. So myself and one of my sons would go for a therapy session. And then um, in that same um, week, I and, and the other son would go. And the next week, the father and one of the sons would go and also the father and the other son. And then also once a month, um, we would all four of us go for a session together, even though we were going through separation. But um, we found that it worked really um, well and helped the um, boys a lot with the transition and realizing that even though we're going through this process, that we as parents are still, still committed to them. Um, and, um, yeah, so I, I, I found it very helpful and um mm. And, um, yeah, this was a good process, Wow. I mean, the level of maturity you need, right, Mary, to sit even with, you know, the person that you're divorcing and you still need to think about the kids and and say, I'm putting them first, right? The kids are the most important, yeah. And the the, the therapist said that we are one of few couples that are divorcing that are able to be in the same room at the same time. Yeah. Um, So I think if you just realize that the children are also going through something, so I was uh, dealing with my own therapy journey on my own, um, which I needed to go through. But um, for the sake of the, the, the children as well, we decided to, to handle it as yeah. a family and it helped a lot for them. Yes. Yeah, look, Mary, uh, good on you and, and your ex-husband for putting the kids uh, first. Thank you for, for calling and sharing that experience with us. Jenny, um, obviously nobody says it's going to be easy, right? In some instances, you've got to be like Mary. Uh, put your differences aside with the person you're going through this divorce with and say, uh, we need this for the kids and therefore we're going to compromise. Yes, we don't want to be in the same room with each other, but we're doing it for the kids. Yeah, I just really want to commend Mary and um, and her ex-husband for doing that. And that's a perfect example of where it wouldn't be conducive for Mary's individual therapist to also be the family therapist. So that's an example of where it was really wise for Mary's therapist to refer them to um, another family therapist. And also an example of the changing developmental needs of the family as the family is going through the life cycle of divorce. How does the family still retain their identity as, okay, I'm still your mom and you're still my kids. I'm still your dad and you're still my kids. And we are no longer husband and wife, but we are still co-parents to these kids and helping the family transition into these new boundaries. Um, and yeah, it, it really does take a lot of maturity and a lot of um, uh, child-centered parenting to put the needs of the children first. But I'm sure there's also a lot of benefit to Mary and her ex-husband of being able to work through that family therapy process so that their own individual stuff towards one another didn't come out um, through the children in other contexts. So it can even be beneficial for them as individuals and not only for the benefit of the children. A lot of healing take, took place there, you can hear, for everybody. Yeah. And and do you think that, you know, sometimes we actually ignore the kids in, in these transitional 
you know, situations. Because uh, I'm just wondering how this kind of a process benefits, you know, particularly uh, the children so that parents start thinking more about, because sometimes you're moving into a new town, right? And, and that affects the children. Sometimes the kids are moving to a new school um, or in this case of Mary, there's a divorce um, at home or maybe sometimes there's someone who's ill. How important is it to also think about how the kids are processing it and the need for us to process it together as a family as opposed to, well, my kid has their own therapist every Wednesday and I've got mine. So I'll give you a little example of this, a beautiful metaphor that a client once shared with me. It was a 13-year-old girl. It was me very many years ago. A 13-year-old girl and her parents had a very acrimonious divorce and each of them saw their time with her as their time instead of it as her time with each of them. And they would fight down to the minute of their time. If the one parent dropped off a minute late, the other parent would claim that minute back later. And this beautiful, very, very, very lovely young girl, very intelligent, very insightful, 13, she said to me, Jeannie, sometimes my parents are like two foxes that are fighting over an egg that they want to eat. But what they forget is that there's a baby chicken inside trying to grow. And I've never, ever, ever forgotten that. And even in my own journey as a single parent, co-parenting, never forgotten that there's this little egg that I might be wanting to to fight for, but that there's a little baby chicken inside trying to grow, and that has to be the first priority. Mm. So incredibly, incredibly important. Yeah. Some WhatsApp voice notes um, coming through on 072-702-1702. Hi, Clement. Please, can you ask your therap- the, the therapist there about hypnotherapy, preferably the, um, is it the Ericksonian method? Uh, do you know about that, Ginny? Yes, I do. I know a lot about hypnosis and the Ericksonian method. What is the question specifically? I'd love to talk about it. So they're just asking if you know about it and if there's anything you can share about it. Maybe this is something they're yes. trying to consider. Yes, so, okay, so Milton Erickson was one of the founders of um, family therapy and strategic psychotherapy. Um, really, really brilliant man. And Milton Erickson in his family therapy sessions would do waking hypnosis. So hypnosis is really actually just a pattern of brain waves in which we bypass the conscious mind for selective thinking. So in family systems, what we see is we see that there is the same result no matter what the situation is. Knock, knock, who's there? Knock, knock, who's there? Knock, knock, who's there? And Milton Erickson was the absolute master of coming in and what he, the word he used was perturbing, perturbing the family system so that they didn't repeat their old patterns over and over again. So the family would say, knock, knock, and Milton Erickson would say, isn't it great that it's Monday? And then the family would have to think of something else to say instead of their usual follow-ups. And he would use waking hypnosis on members of the family to introduce selective thinking, which is finding a different way of responding to the same stimulus that you used to respond to in the same way that would repeat the patterns over and over and over. So there's an, uh, the Institute, Milton Erickson Institute of South Africa, MESA. They do the Ericksonian induction. Erickson and there was another um, hypnotherapist at the time, Dave Ullman. They were kind of rivals with each other and they both introduced rapid induction hypnosis. And that can be done with your eyes closed and your body and mind still, but it can also be done waking. But it is important to remember that you cannot hypnotize somebody without their consent. 
without communication and where there is a danger to the person. So it's not to fear family therapy that your therapist is going to do waking hypnosis on you without you knowing. Um, it will be very much with your consent in order to change these patterns of interaction for a better result. Mm. But there was a very insightful question about how Milton Erickson incorporated hypnotherapy into family therapy. Oh, I like that. Uh, Dr. Phil Mahuma, um, also in midstream, sent us a message, says, Good morning, Clement. Happy Radio Day. I'm a family physician in practice, and I'm taking great insights um, from your talk on, on this family therapy with Jeannie. I will utilize this tool more going forward. Many thanks. Uh, that's Dr. Phil Mahuma there. Thanks for the message, Dr. Phil. Another message. Hi, Clement. I'm considering therapy for my 10-year-old who seems to be experiencing increasing anxiety. Would it be best to start with family therapy first or would it be better to start her therapy by herself first? Okay, beautiful. So I think if there was ever a, a, a fantastic name for a doctor, it would be Dr. Phil. And mm. um, so thank you, Dr. <laughs> Phil, for, for that. And thank you for your feedback. It's much appreciated. And then to the person about their 10-year-old, hats off to you for considering therapy for your daughter. My suggestion would be that as a parent, you go to somebody that works with children and have a parent interview and share with them the nature of the difficulty. If it is something to do with the family system, then yeah, family therapy would be indicated. The therapist can suggest that. But if it might be something to do with friends at school, or actually nothing to do with family, um, at 10 years old, especially if it's a girl, um, group dynamics with girls at 10 years old become incredibly important. Um, and it really is a very difficult and fraught time for a little girl in her life where the, where the other girls can be quite vicious and difficult. Um, so it might be to do with friends that she's becoming anxious. So go to a therapist, um, have a parent intake interview, and then see with a therapist if family therapy is indicated or if they think individual therapy is indicated. Oh, There's a place for both. Mm, yeah, that takes us to exactly 11.30. After the latest in Eyewitness News headlines, I'll take your WhatsApp voice notes that have come through, your calls as well, on 011-883-0702. Family therapy have you tried it has it worked for you has it not worked for you and what's been the reason and is your family going through something now that you think family therapy can help with yeah. 702 family matters all right so let's continue with our family matters discussion this morning we're talking about family therapy um have you tried group therapy before and, and has it worked for you has it not and and what's been the reason for that victor uh, is in alexander for us victor good morning good morning clement uh, to your guest as well and the listeners sure sure go ahead yes yes uh i'm actually going through a divorce right now with my spouse and uh during the uh, during our marriage i found that verbally my wife would so i don't want to say abuse but then mistreat the kids because probably they would favor my decisions or what I'd like them to do vis-a-vis what she'd like them to do or behave. So now, during this divorce, yesterday what uh, she actually told me that mom said, uh, if I side with her, she will buy me everything that I want. Mm-hmm. And if, so I just want to find out if I should consider uh, family therapy pre, because uh, I just started the process of divorce. Pre the divorce uh, mm. processes or post? Okay, and, and what's so your intention, I'm, Victor? What, what are you trying to to achieve? Is there still hope to, to fix the marriage and, and try 
work it out again or do you want therapy just to prepare the kids and both of you for this thing that's that's about to happen uh, my worry now is it's the kids because yeah. they're fairly clever uh, young girls i've tried this uh i would say it's not entirely her fault i might have roped in as well but what i've tried i put in the, the, the work and i feel that she hasn't done anything about it mm-hmm. i speak under correction but i feel that there is no turning back from this point my worry is preparing the kids so that it doesn't affect their academia and their lifestyle mm-hmm. going forward and how they they perceive marriage or uh, or, 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 or mm-hmm. so. and and just to yeah. clarify again victor that the main issue here is 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 about the kids and how mm. she's mistreating the kids you feel and how now mm. she's you know she's even promising kids you know if you side with me then then you know i'm, I'm going to buy you this and that that that's really the main issue for divorce for the divorce yeah okay mm, no that's that that the main the, uh the reason that I would, I would like to know if family therapy would help is for us, yeah. including her, we have this session so that it doesn't have a a, a heavy doesn't wear a heavy burden on the kids. Gotcha. They don't see, they don't blame themselves, or me and their mother have a good relationship in terms of co-parenting exactly, if it yeah. comes to that goal. Because you still have kids together. You you have to talk, yes. you know, about the kids, right? And you don't want the kids to side with with this or, or that parent. All right. Thank you for that question, Victor. Jenny? Thank you so much, Victor and George. Sending you lots of love for the difficult and harrowing experience that is divorce. Even though divorce is a solution to a problem, it comes with a whole host of other problems itself, and it is really a journey. And I really um, have a lot of respect for your willingness to work through it for the benefit of your children. And what I'm hearing from you is that you're really worried about parental coercion, um, that your your ex is coercing the children and influencing them. So I would say that this is not a case for family therapy because one of two things, either, you know, because children also are, um, you know, in the process, children are dependent on us, which means that the only way for them to get what it is that they want is to manipulate us because they don't have proper control. So what children say and what really happens is not always, I'm not saying don't believe your children, but it's not always um, not always direct. So either your child is, is being accurate and your ex-wife did say that, in which case you two are not on the same page and family therapy is not going to be conducive because you don't have the same goals, um, or your child is distorting something that your ex-wife might have said or is testing the waters with you to see how far will daddy go? Will mommy and daddy get into a bidding war for me? Can I get the new PS5 out of the situation? Which is a very normal thing for children to do. And in which case family therapy is not necessary. So in this case, I'd say to you, I don't think this is a case for family therapy, but what I would suggest is that you and your, your, um, your wife, that you're busy divorcing, that the two of you get a mediator. Um, and that you work through a mediator. Um, often what happens with mediators is they'll create a WhatsApp group for the three of you, you, the mediator, and your your um, spouse that you're divorcing. And in that process, then a lot of the stuff around the care and contact of the children can be discussed on the safe platform with the mediator. And then I would definitely look at getting a very good thorough forensic um, assessment for your children where they can, the assessor, it will usually be a psychologist who's trained in forensic assessments, 
will do um, a, a range, a test battery, and see if there is any influence um, from the one parent over the children. And then that, that person, that assessor, can make a recommendation for therapy, either um, parent-child therapy, mm -hmm. um, parental guidance, or for individual therapy. But I would say that this is not the time for family therapy yet. So to summarize, my recommendations would be to get a mediator rather than working through your lawyers about getting care and contact, get a mediator. If it can't be resolved through mediator, then it's time for lawyers. And secondly, get a good, good, good thorough forensic assessment of somebody who's well-versed in the best interests of the child, the Child Care Act, who will do a voice of the child assessment and see if there is undue influence coming from one of the parents or if it's actually children mm -hmm. being children and seeing what can they get out of the situation. Okay. So how, how does family therapy work, uh, Jenny? What, what can you expect um, from, let's say, a therapy session? And how long uh, does a family therapy have to take? So it really depends on the model that the therapist is using. Um, some therapists will have the entire family come for a first session um, and work that way. Sometimes they'll start with the executive of the system, which will be the parents, um, and sometimes it'll be a recommendation from um, a colleague and they'll maybe start with another member of the family. So it really depends on the model that the therapist is using. Um, for myself, I'd usually start with the executive of the system, the parents, and get uh, see them together, get a, a picture of the presenting complaints, get a picture of the dynamics, and then I'll be able to plan for a family therapy session. But some therapists see everybody together, and that's also fine. It depends on your model. Um, usually family therapy sessions are a bit longer, usually about an hour and a half. And in terms of how long a family therapy process can take, it really is like a piece of string. It can be really short or it can be really long, depending on the complexity of the case and also depending on the layers that the therapy process unfolds. It might seem like we're coming for X, but there's actually A, B, C, D, E, F, G that first need to be worked through in order to get to X. So mm -hmm. it's very difficult to speculate um, and I would be, I'd be quite interested in a process where they can guarantee n number of sessions um, for psychotherapy because therapy is never one size fits all. So they might have a program um, that says, okay, it's six sessions for this program, but psychotherapy and a program are not necessarily the same things. Yeah. Let's uh, go back to the WhatsApp voice note. Hey, Clement, listening from Cape Town here. Um, so last year our father passed away, right? And we're just not sure how to incorporate the therapy healing of him, uh, family vibe, um, particularly with our mother, um, who I perceive has taken a bit of a bigger knock than everyone else um, in losing her, her life partner. Please get back to me. Thanks. Oh, I'm sorry to, to hear oh, about I'm your sorry dad. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Jenny. Now, I can hear that this, um, uh, this caller's dad was a very important part of the family system and that the system is really missing him. Um, sounds like he was a really wonderful guy and that this caller is very concerned about his mom and how she's adjusting. So this is another example as the family is going through the life cycle of a family with the patriarch passing away. How does the family adjust? And yeah, I would definitely um, look at the family therapist um, in, your, in your area. Um, and make contact with them and say to them, this is the situation. What is the best way in your model to approach my mom? And then say to your mom, you know, mom, please, can you help me? 
I'm really needing us to go for family therapy so that I can work through some of my stuff with dad and it'll be very helpful for me if you come because people are much more likely to want to help their children than to get help for themselves. Um, and it will be helping you because then you'll be less worried about your mom. It will also help you with your grief process. But, you know, your mom being of an older generation and maybe she's never had therapy before, I wouldn't say, mom, we're taking you to therapy so that you can get over dad. Say, mom, you know, dad was such an important part of our family. I'm really struggling to adjust and I would really love it if you could help me by coming to family therapy for us to all work through this adjustment in our family system. All right. It's 12 minutes before 12 o'clock. We'll go to more of your calls and WhatsApps after the break. 702 Family Matters. 10 minutes before 12 o'clock. Uh, Ginny, w- one question that's just been lingering throughout our discussion is the risk that is associated uh, with family therapy. Are there any risks to be aware of? Um, I think just like any therapy is that um, unfinished emotional business can be opened up. And if a person doesn't have the resources to tolerate that unfinished emotional business coming up, it can be quite an ordeal. So to go to somebody qualified and trained that knows just how much to allow to open up in a first session, second session, third session, so somebody qualified and knows how to contain a person's emotional dysregulation. Um, So I think that the purpose of family therapy is to make what is happening underneath the surface make the COVID over so everybody can see the games and the patterns of interaction that are happening so that they can be changed. But in that process, there's a lot of painful and difficult stuff that can come up, especially in families who've got long histories with each other and a lot of painful experiences together. So it can be very emotionally difficult, um, but it will always show what is always already there. It cannot make things be there. It can just show things that are already there before people are ready to see the things that are already there. And that's why it's important to go to somebody qualified and trained. Mm. Here's another voice note. Hi. Um, so my daughter's three years old and we're obviously going to introduce a new system where she's one week she's going to go to the father, the other week she's going to come to me. I have a problem with this because I feel like it's going to affect her in the long run. But we did say that we'll try and, you know, monitor her behavior. So I wanted to find out, is it the right thing to do for her to be on, is it a... 50-50 thing, or should you just stay with one parent, which being me, um, for you know better behavior, or should we all just go to a th- family therapy, I suppose? Yeah, Ginny? Oh, mommy, my heart goes out to you. Um, I, very painful to think about not seeing your little three-year-old girl um, for an entire week. I think it's important to remember that childhood um, trauma is not the difficult things that happen to our children, it's them not having support for the difficult things that happen to them. So I think as long as you are monitoring how she's coping and that you're supporting her emotionally, um, that she can definitely overcome challenges. And it's an important part of our development to overcome challenges, not the absence of challenges. But it would be a very good idea to start her with a therapist now um, that can help monitor in an unbiased way. Because mommy, I'm a mommy myself. My heart is hurting for you right now. So um, as a mummy, I wouldn't be able to monitor that for my child in an, in an objective way. So to start, get a baseline of her functioning now with a therapist, um, an individual therapist, a pay therapist, um, that will work with you and her dad um, to collaborate and say, okay, maybe it was too much too soon and let's dial it back. 
but that um, not to think that it will harm her because she will have your support. And I can hear that you are very much child-centered in your parenting and have your support in overcoming the challenges that she does face in her life. Mm-hmm. Hi, Clement and Ginny. My family is very dysfunctional right now and it pains me greatly. I had earlier went for therapy because uh, myself, uh, because my husband refused to attend despite serious challenges we're facing. After this therapy, I felt much better, but things became worse as the years went by because the environment was not supportive. The situation has affected our children and my son to the extent that he has withdrawn from all of us. He only talks when someone is talking to him. He also refuses uh, to go to therapy and he says he will deal with this his own way. The environment is not healthy at all. Any advice for me? Sure, I can hear you are very, very challenging and concerning. You're very concerned about your son. I would say um, looking at doing something that is a little bit more experiential like equine-assisted psychotherapy um, or expressive art therapy. Um, where it doesn't feel so much like you're being sat down and have to talk about your problems, where the therapy happens more metaphorically and in more of a playful context can be very, very beneficial in mobilizing the situation. Um, and yeah, sometimes, you know, family therapy, when, you, when you're really dealing with somebody that doesn't have the same agenda as you, and that doesn't have the same objective as you for the best interest of the children or to have an amicable relationship, it's not indicated. But I would focus on your relationship with your son um, and try something like equine-assisted psychotherapy using horses in therapy or expressive art therapy or something creative where he doesn't feel like he is the subject of therapy. All right, just the last quick question. Do medical aids cover family therapy? How does it work, um, the costing structure? Yes, yes, medical aids do cover family therapy because it's psychotherapy. Um, so um, usually what will happen is one person in the family will be will be nominated as the client for the session and will be billed. Um, on that person's medical aid, but it's very important that that person has to be in the room for the therapy to happen in order for their medical aid to be billed. And just to be aware that not all therapists charge medical aid rates and that you can't use what we call prescribed minimum benefits for family therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can't use it for depression. You can use that for like a psychoeducation session. And if a person has got a PMB, but yes, medical aids do pay if you are seeing somebody that's registered with a health professions council. So it's not only people registered with the health professions council that are doing beautiful work in assisting families. Um, I think social workers also can be paid from the medical aid. But there are lots of different people. I believe that healing is multidisciplinary. But just make sure that the person you're going to is reputable, trained, and has got some kind of formalized training, even if they're not registered with the HPCSA. But you will only be able to claim if the person's registered with the health professions council. Yeah, Jenny. Thank you. You've been great as always. I appreciate you making time for us. Uh, there are some people asking how they can get a hold of you. Um, great. So our website is impacttherapy.co.za and the practice number. Can I give the number online? Sure. 083-695-1432 and you'll come through to our receptionist. So 083-695-1432. Um, just ask Jeannie is my Instagram handle um, or www.impacttherapy.co.za. Jeannie Carvey, thank you. Clinical psychologist.